chains and all the stuff that comes along with you. God, we bless your name today. God, we give you the praise, the honor, and glory this morning. Hallelujah, Jesus, to the Lamb of God. We say hallelujah, glory to your name, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, we bless your name this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing and acceptable in thy sight because you are my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Hallelujah. Turn your Bibles with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 and say amen when you get there. (laughs) Hallelujah. Isn't the word awesome? When you read the word, do you just feel an unction in your spirit when you read? Hallelujah. I'm telling you what the word lights me up. (laughs) Glory. Hallelujah. And the word reads as such. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I'm going to have everybody read that with me. Let's read that. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Wait a minute. Hold up. Hold up. You got to read that scripture like you mean it. Let's try it again. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Do you believe it? Amen. You may be seated. Glory to God. I love that scripture because it says a lot in those few words. Number one, it talks about who is God. Let's talk about who God is. God is El Shaddai, the Lord Almighty. Amen. He's El El Yom, the Most High. He's Adonai, the Master. He's Jehovah. He is the Lord, my banner. You know, nowadays we need to be covered, don't we? Do you know that the Lord is your banner? Hallelujah. He's Jehovah Ra, the Lord, my shepherd. That means he protects me. Amen. He's Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. How many of you know that God has already healed you from anything that could try and come upon you? I don't know about you, but I'm so excited about the word today. And he's also Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. The Bible says, even if I make my bed in hell, he is there. Hallelujah for the word. Jehovah Tishkenu, the Lord our righteousness, Jehovah Mekondesham, the Lord who sanctifies you. Amen. That's who God is. He's Elohim. He's God. He's Jehovah Jireh, the one that provides Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace. Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts. Now you may be sitting there saying, why is she going through all that? You're going to find out in a minute. Hallelujah. The one thing that I want to say too is God has not given us a spirit of fear. And there are a lot of things that God has given us, and one of them is not fear. Amen? Amen. Now, when we talk about fear, we want to address good fear and bad fear. And the fear of God is very beneficial to us because that means we reverence him. Amen? We reverence God. If you look at Psalms 111.10, it says that the fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of wisdom, a good understanding, have all that they do his commandments, his praise endureth forever. So we can't think that if we don't fear God in a holy and reverence fear, that we're going to understand anything. Because if we don't reverence God, that means we're pulling away from him. And many people think that degrees and knowledge of earthly things make them smart. And in the earthly realm, it does. But in the realm of the spirit, we need great wisdom, especially with what's going on today. Amen? I'm going to say that again. 
In the realm of the spirit, we need great wisdom and we need wisdom from on high. We need to be able to apprise things that are from the spiritual standpoint to be able to know the conclusion of any matter with the Holy Spirit. Because the Lord will lead, guide, and direct us into what? All truth. So if somebody comes before you and they're lying to your face, even though it may seem like they're telling the truth, the Holy Spirit on the inside of us will say, they're lying. They're lying. That's not truth. But do we have a relationship to the point to where we are operating in that realm? Hallelujah. When you look at the Old Testament, the high priest, they had the Urim and the Thummim. And the priest could use the Urim and the Thummim to determine God's will in any particular situation. If you look in Exodus chapter 28, verse 30, you can go there if you like. And it says, and thou shalt put in the breastplate of judgment the Urim and the Thummim, and they shall be upon Aaron's heart when he goeth in before the Lord. And Aaron shall bear judgment of the children of Israel upon his heart before the Lord continually. Now we have the Holy Spirit in us. We don't have to put stuff on to determine the will of God. Sometimes apostle people think if they have stuff on, people think that, oh, they must really hear from God because they got that long robe on. But we don't have to do that. We got to have the Holy Spirit. You know, they come looking like, you know, from head to toe with the cross in the pocket and, and all this and the big old cuffs. I used to want it. I used to want that because I thought, I had to have a robe to be holy. I had to look a certain way when I got up in the pulpit and, oh, Lord, I have on pants. Am I going to hell? <laughs> but, you know, that's the traditions of man, which make the word of God non-effective in our lives. So it's not what you have on the outside anymore. It's what's on the inside. And if we have the spirit of the living God deep down on the inside for us for real and not sharing space with other gods. I'm going to say that again. Don't share the space that belongs to God because that's his. Amen. So we should be able to have a holy fear and reverence and operate in the spirit of wisdom and knowledge. Why is not the church operating in the spirit of wisdom and knowledge in this hour? Wisdom says the word is the final authority. We're going to get to that in a minute. One of the things that I've noticed is that. The church has literally been sidetracked. The church has been hoodwinked. And I'm not talking about Miracle Temple. I'm talking about the church universal at large. The church has literally been bamboozled what, by what appears real, but is not lining up with the word. I'm going to say it again. The church has been hoodwinked, bamboozled, and thinks what they see is what it is. But according to the word of God, this is the final authority on what things is. And many people have been lulled asleep by what's going on in the natural and forgotten what the word of God is really saying. Lulled asleep. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but yet fear has literally gripped and paralyzed a lot of people. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober. That means wake up. Be vigilant, pay attention, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion seeks, excuse me, walks about seeking whom he may devour. That's interesting that that scripture would say your adversary. Think about that. It didn't say our adversary. It said your adversary. And what tells me is that the enemy 
may come and tempt you and may not tempt you in a certain area, but he's not going he may not tempt me in a certain area. So everybody got their own areas of temptation that the enemy comes at them with, but he comes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, but God has already made a way for that. And that's why we need wisdom from on high so that we won't be ignorant of his devices. Everybody say, I will not be ignorant of the devices of the enemy. If you look at 2 Corinthians 2.11, it says, Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So when you look at a roar of a lion, it's paralyzing. A roar, when the lion roars, it is so loud that it would literally cause you, a person, if a lion is in your face, before you run, you're going to look and be like, oh my God, a lion. And then when he roars, it's going to be even more frightening and paralyzing. And that's exactly what's happened to the church at large. The roar of other voices and natural wisdom has literally tried to drown out that the fact that God is who he said he is. The, the enemy has done that. Because we hear too much of what's going on today. Take Moses, for instance. In Exodus 17, 11, when Moses lifted up his hands, the children of Israel would prevail. How about we start lifting up our hands and worshiping God in the midst of what's going on and watch God prevail? Watch him prevail. Do you really believe that? Amen. Do you really believe that God will prevail in any given situation? I know I do because God has prevailed in my life in many, many, many situations. Over 20, 30 years ago when I was smoking weed and drinking and and all type of stuff, God prevailed in my life. He delivered me from illnesses. He's delivered me from marijuana and all that stuff. And he put me in a place. He delivered me from sexual immorality, all type of junk. That I picked up over the years while I was serving the devil. But God prevailed. Why? Because one day I lifted up my hands to God and said, God, I surrender all to you. What do you have in your life today that you need to surrender for real? What is it going on on the inside of us that we need to say, God, I'm comfortable with this. Now, I gave you everything, but don't take that. That's what he's after today. He's after that thing that you won't let go of. Because any time a person surrenders their everything to God, everything got to go. Because, see, God is not going to share a space. He's not going to just want to occupy uh, 99.999% of your heart. And then you got that 0.10% that you want to hold on to. God said, no, I need it all. And when you begin to give God your all, you will literally see things change in your life. You will literally see things change in your ministry, in your body, in your family, in your neighborhood. You will see the change. But it could be that one little thing that we refuse to let go of that's hindering the move of God in our life. When you pray, when you're at home, when you worship, when you're at home, when you're in the word at home, do you sense the spirit of a God? Or are you doing it? Do we do it just to hurry up and say, and just in case somebody asks us, Pastor, did you pray there? Oh, yeah, I prayed. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, you prayed. All right. Those are called evil prayers. Praying amiss. 
Because if we don't even pray being led by the Holy Spirit, we pray amiss and we run the risk of uh, praying evil, wicked prayers that God doesn't even want prayed. We can pray something out of season, set things in motion, because remember, the Bible says that power, death, life and death are in the power of the tongue. So when we begin to speak things out of our mouth that is not in season and time and what the will of God is, we set things in motion. And then when the stuff gets set in motion, we wonder why it happened. We spoke it. We called it forth. So we have to be so in tune with the Holy Spirit that wherever he moves, we have to move. Wherever he goes, we have to go. If he says stop right there, we stop immediately. If you say, don't even go out the house today, but I got a shop. I put a Brahmin on layaway. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> I got to go get these shoes. I got to go this. I got to get a shop. I got, but God said, wait, wait on me. And then while you're waiting, just sit there and don't say nothing. See, God wants to train our spirit to wait and to be so in tune with him. We can sit in one spot for an hour. And just wait. And we'll be good with that. We'll be good with that. So Moses lifted up his hands and the children of Israel began to prevail. Now, when you look at that, another thing I want to talk about is Pharaoh. Remember Pharaoh? When I look at infirmity, diseases, the pandemic, I look at that as a modern day Pharaoh. And you're going to let the people go. Amen. When you look at Exodus 7, 19, it says, now listen to this. It says, and the Lord spake unto Moses, say unto Aaron, take thy rod, stretch out thy hand, and upon the waters of Egypt, upon their streams, their rivers, upon their ponds, upon all their pools of water, that they may become blood, and that there may be blood throughout all the land of Egypt, both in vessels of wood and vessels of stone. So what did he do? He stretched out. Are we willing to stretch out? Exodus 8, 5 says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, Say unto Aaron, Stretch forth thy hand with thy rod over the streams. What happened again? God spoke, he obeyed. He didn't ask God, but why do you want me to do that? See, God was requiring obedience before he even knew what was going on, what was going to happen. He just said, do it. He spoke to Moses and he told him to stretch forth thy hand. And then he told him what was going to happen. We see Moses as taking the lead from God and he was not paying attention on how great Pharaoh was. We're not, we don't need to pay attention on how great or how serious or how or some issue is going on is. We need to pay attention to God. We need to pay attention to the word and what the word says about every given situation. Again, because God said in his word that I have not given you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Do you believe it? Amen. Hallelujah. Don't you know that we serve a great God? <laughs> He's mighty in battle. See, Moses knew El Shaddai, the Lord Almighty. He knew him as the Lord Almighty because he had a relationship. He spent time before he went to Pharaoh on the backside of the desert being trained by God to hear and listen. He was trained first before he went. He didn't just get up on his own. See, you got to remember, and we all know the story, when he left Egypt, he left there because he was running. 
But then he got with God and God said, I'm going to send you back to the very place that you ran from fearing your life to deliver my people. But had Moses not been in this position in the place with God, he would have been full of fear. And God is already, you said, well, that scripture is in the New Testament. But you know what? God is the whole old and new. So the laws is already on Moses heart. When you look at. When you look at Psalms 24, 7. It says, lift up your hand, heads, all ye gates, and be lifted up ye everlasting doors, and what the king of glory shall come in. How in the world can anything stay in your presence that's not of God when the king of glory is there? How can that happen? How can that even happen? It happens because many of us walk, many people walk in fear. Fear of the unknown. What's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen today? Oh, if I stand by this person, oh, Lord, they ain't got their mask on. I'm going to get the COVID. No. God, well, you, you can be right in the midst of everything that's going on, and it will not touch you. We see that in the scripture. It didn't touch the children of Israel. And there's something about the name of Jesus, you know, that causes the lepers to be clean. The woman with the issue of blood was made whole. Jesus was on the scene in every area. Lepers, you weren't supposed to be around nobody. But Jesus, who is in us now, the Holy Spirit, cleansed the lepers. But we scared to be around somebody with a runny nose. Oh, my God. I was coughing and had a runny nose before I got to North Carolina with all this pollen. Oh, my God. It was, it's, been a, it's been a journey. I remember one time when, when the COVID first came out, it was so funny. I was at work, and I was, <laughs> and it was like, oh, Allison, get away from us. What, what, you got something? I said, I got Jesus. What you got? <laughs> How about them apples? <laughs> I got Jesus. So we cannot panic on every little thing. We have to know that we serve a great and mighty God. At the name of Jesus, what? Everything in this earth has to bow. So what happened? The church got sidetracked. Instead of saying, oh, Lord, we praise you and we lift up our hands. A lot of people fell into, oh, Lord, what's happening with all of this? It's even a couple of different type of, oh, Lords. You can be like, oh, Lord, I praise you. Oh, Lord. <laughs> One or two ways you're going to call his name. Hallelujah. Instead of saying, oh, Lord, I thank you in advance for healing that is already done over two years ago. We fell into, oh, Lord, I don't know if you're going to do it. Because the pain intensified. All that, and I'm not giving myself glory, I'm giving God the praise, but all that I've went through physically over the past 10 years, at first it was, oh Lord, yeah it was. But then one day I got the revelation of, oh Lord, I thank you for my healing. And the more I thanked him and praised him and glorified him and forgot about even what my body was feeling like and kept pressing my way, it left. I'm going to say it again, it left. I'm, I'm telling you, when I say it left, it left because it has no rule and reign over my body. The devil has no authority over you. If you are a child of God, the enemy has no right, no legal right in your mind, in your body, in your family, and in your situation. Because you have the kingdom authority to eject him out of the scene. But we invite him back when we say, oh, Lord. I said, oh, Lord, I thank you. To our Lord, we got, we got to be careful and very cognizant of the fact that we have to say, oh Lord, in spite of, I give you praise. 
In spite of I give you glory, I give you honor, I give you majesty. Because guess what? He is still worthy. He is worthy. He is still worthy. When Jesus went to the cross, he bore the cross alone. He bore the cross. He was whipped. He was beaten. And nowadays, apostles, we get a hangnail. We don't want to come to church. My nail fell off. Oh, I can't come to church and let nobody see my nail. <laughs> it's the truth. Fair weather Christians. Okay, go get it. <laughs> right? <laughs> go get a shot for that nail. <laughs> Some people. The spirit of fear has literally gripped the church at large and literally has tried to suffocate the life out of the church. That kind of sounds like Python. When the COVID, I call it the COVID or COVID, whatever they want to call it, they got so many little names for it. When it first hit, the church shut down, not this one. Where is your, (laughs) where is your faith? Oh, ye of little faith, where is the faith that God says, I will protect you? And I get it. And we made provisions at this church. We did outside. We did the social distancing. We do the mass. We do all of that. But we will not forsake the assembly because we need it. We need to be built up. We need to be encouraged. We need the fellowship of the saints so that we can make it because what's coming down the pike, this is almost like training ground. For what's to come, it's training ground to know, are you built to last? Are you in the army of the Lord for real or are you in the sandbox playing games? Somebody need to come out that sandbox. Come on now, come out the sandbox because you're playing. We are in a spiritual war. People are spiritually losing their lives and natural lives and we are in a war and it's time for the soldiers of God to suit up, get your armor on from head to toe and fight the good fight of faith. We've got to do this. It's not time for playing games. It's not time for playing church. It's time to whip out your sword, which is the word of God, and begin to do damage to the enemy's camp. He's done damage to ours. How come we can't go and take back what belongs to us? How come we can't go back and say, you know what? I know you attacked my body, but you are a liar from the beginning of time, and I am healed by Jesus' stripes. I refuse to walk in infirmity. I tell you what, I got up dizzy one morning. I said, head, get right. (laughs) I'm getting up. The first day I came to Miracle Temple, when I uh, came, moved down to North Carolina, I had a patch on my eye. I was seeing double vision, and I couldn't even see straight. My hair was swimming. I could barely stand up straight. I was sweating, but I'm coming to church because I said I'm going. I made up in my mind, I'm going to church. I don't care what you feel like, body. I'm going to church, and you're going to line up. By the time I left church, apostle, I gave an altar call. I was just standing around the altar, and my vision started clearing up. I, you know, I was like, oh, my God, it's not fuzzy double anymore. But it was a determination to obey the Lord and say, God, I'm not going to, I don't care what, I'm not going to forsake the assembly no matter what my body is feeling like today. Because if I could just make it to the house of God, God got something for me. 
If I could just get in the presence of God around some real anointed people like my pastors. <laughs> See, I don't been some places where ain't a lick of anointing. A bunch of hype, pump, circumstances, loud folk running, doing backflips, passing out. It ain't a lick of anointing. But when you get around true people of God with an authentic anointing, you can walk in one way and you can leave out healed. You can leave out delivered. You can leave out set free. You can leave out mentally whole. Your mind has, you have the mind of Christ. No longer, no longer us that lives, but Christ lives on the inside of us. And because Christ is on the inside of Allison J. Cross, I'm healed. I'm delivered. I'm set free. I'm walking freely. No chains are binding me. No fetters. None of that. But freedom. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Exodus 8, 12 through 13. Now listen to this. Then Moses and Aaron went out from Pharaoh and Moses cried unto the Lord concerning the frogs. You know, that was one of the plague which he inflicted upon Pharaoh and this just blew my mind. Verse 13 says, the Lord did according to the word of Moses. Did, did, did y'all dismiss that? It said that Moses prayed and God did what Moses asked him to do. But he's God. He's almighty. He's all sufficient. He's Elohim. And who? It just blew my mind. I said, God, what are you saying? God is saying to us, if you have an audience with me, when you speak, when you cry out to me, I will listen. I will answer. The Bible even says that before you cry out to me, before you speak, I've already heard. I've already answered. So what position are we living in if when we speak to God, he's not moving? Is there a blocker there? Now, I don't, I, I need to back up and say something. God moves in his own time. So I don't want you to think that I'm saying that as soon as you say something, it better, God, I know, you know, apostle said it was supposed to happen in his time. We can't get ahead of God. Amen. So God did, the Lord did according to the word of Moses. And God is not a respecter of persons. When you look at Acts chapter 10, verse 34, it said that Peter opened his mouth and said, of truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of a person. So just think if we could get on one accord with the word. And no matter what we see in the natural, when we cry out to the Lord, we begin to see things shift in our lives. Everybody said, get on one accord with the word. Let, let me hear you say that again. Get on one accord with the word. Because if we get on one accord with the word, we'll see the healings. We'll see the deliverance. We'll see this plague drying up. Amen. We'll see it drying up. We'll see families healed, people saved and delivered. And in this season, we've got to rise up as fearless warriors because he has given us power. God has given us not the spirit of fear, but power, love, and in a sound mind. And you look at Exodus 22, it says, and I, now this right here, now God responded to Moses by answering his request. That blew my mind. But this was something that really blessed my soul. Exodus 8.22 says, And I will sever in that day the land of Goshen 
in which my people dwell, that no swarm of flies shall be there to the end, that thou may know that I am the Lord God in the midst of the earth. Now, Goshen was where the Israelites lived. God's people. Who are we? We're God's people. There's a, we live in Goshen. Everything that was going on with the plagues and with the flies and with the, the uh, water turned into blood, God separated them. He, he said, I will sever. That means that everything that was going on to the left of you is going on, but to the right of you, because you over here, it's fine. God did that. In uh, verse, uh, chapter 8, verse 30 and 31, it says, So Moses went out from Pharaoh and made supplication to the Lord, and the Lord again did as Moses asked and removed the swarm of flies. Drop down to verse uh, chapter 9, verse 4, and then it says, And the Lord shall sever between the cattle of Israel and the cattle of Egypt, and there shall be nothing die of all that is the children of Israel. Now, when I read that, I said, Lord, you're even concerned about my stuff. They stuff got towed up. They land, their cattle, the water, but I'm over here all up in God's will, and I'm looking at the uh, reward of the wicked, but it ain't come nigh me. Because that's what the word said. And all throughout the scripture, there could have been a time where people had, they had, they had a choice to fear. Moses had a choice to fear Pharaoh or believe God. Because Pharaoh was great. He had all this stuff. He had all this kingdom. But Moses said, I fear God. Yet he had not even seen him. But he feared him. <clears throat> and God protected him. So all throughout the Bible, we see the enemies of God were terrified, <laughs> you know, and when you look at that, we don't have a spirit of fear, but the enemies of God were terrified of God because they was hearing, oh, Lord, here come them Israelites. When was the last time your enemy saw you coming and said, oh, Lord, here they come. God about to smite me. <laughs> but when he, when he, when, when, when God does not give us a spirit of fear and we go after God's heart, we know that no weapon formed against us shall be able to prosper. Amen. No weapon. When we look at the power of God, God's power is omnipotent. That means everlasting. And when we talk about power, it has an element of spiritual warfare in it. But we can go into war. We can't go into war until we're suited up. The helmet of salvation protects your head, your mind, and your ability to think according to the word. We're talking about the power of God covering us. If the Holy Spirit dwells in you, then the power of the dunamis of God is in, on the inside of you. One of the things also that we have to know is that power belongs to God. It's not our power. It's nothing that we have done. It's nothing that we can do when we are fighting a spiritual fight, the good fight of faith. It is nothing that we can do. We call on the power of the almighty God. He protects us. He surrounds us. He keeps us. He fortifies us in his word. And we can speak the word. If you go back and look at Genesis, go to Genesis chapter 1. This is, this is so profound. And this is something that we need to begin to do if we're not already doing it. If you look at Genesis, I believe it's chapter 1 verse 3. It says, and God says, let there be light, and it says, let there be light, and there was light. So God said, and it was. When was the last time we began to speak out of our mouth, and it was? Say what you believe. If you believe the word, decree the word, and you will see it come to pass. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 
verse 4, it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The spirit of fear is a stronghold. We've got to pull that down. Amen. We have to cast down imaginations. What does that mean? An imagination is the faculty of actions or forming new ideas, images, or concepts of external objects not present. I'm all up in my mind having a whole conversation, all up in my mind done did a whole scenario, and it's not even real. It's almost having a movie in your head, and it's not even real. But you live in that movie, cast down those imaginations. And every high thing that exhausts itself to the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. How many times have we let our minds play tricks on us? Our mind will trick us into fearing something that's not even there. Literally. And God is saying today, I've not given you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. And it goes on to say, and having a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience have been fulfilled. Isn't that awesome? When our obedience had been fulfilled, then you're going to start seeing some change. Amen? You're going to start seeing some change. When it talks about the love of God, the love of God will literally keep us rooted and grounded. The love of God will keep us on our face. The love of God will have us praying for our enemies and those that despitefully use us. Now, you know you got to have some real love of God to pray for somebody who used you. But if you got the love of God in your heart, it won't even matter. And it won't hurt to pray for them. And it won't make you flinch when you think about praying for that person. God ever brought somebody to your mind that did you wrong and he tell you to pray for them and be like, hmm, they need to pray for themselves. No. <laughs> God said, I want you to pray for them. The love of God will have us so in love with him that we want, don't want to offend the Holy Spirit by what we see, what we say, and how we act and respond. And through him, we have to have a sound mind. You know, there was an acronym for fear. What was that? What's the acronym for fear? False evidence appearing real? Well, I got a new one, okay? The first one is, forget, you can either forget everything and run, Or you can face everything and rise. You can do one of the two. Forget everything and run, which we're not doing. Or you can face everything and rise. And the only way we can do this is by putting on the whole armor of God. Be equipped for the battle that's raging and what's to come through the word and have a relationship with the word. Speak only what you believe. And remember, your words have power. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. That's it. Hallelujah. We have heard the word. Amen. And now that we heard the word, we want to take heed to what we heard. And um, when Apostle was saying, I want to add more to time, when she was explaining that it takes time for you to get what God has provided. But when you speak the word, it's already done. It's done in the spirit. The time 
is coming to physical, not spirit. Because the moment you say, I am the heal, boom, you already heal. But you got to reach that point of receiving to the body. That's why your soul, your middleman, have to be fed the word of God so it can connect to the spirit and then it'll flow to the body and then you will feel your healing. The body is dead without the spirit. Amen. So if you're not feeding your body from the word of God, it's going to act like it's not healed. Amen. So that's the time that apostle was talking about. I want to break that down because some of y'all been waiting 20, 30 years. That's a long time. Some of y'all are still in your mess 20 and 30 years later. That's a long time. Let's get to the root of why you still like you are because you haven't renewed your mind to know who you are and pulling up what's there that's keeping you from receiving what God has already done. Why are we still in fear? Because faith come by hearing, hearing come by the word of God. Whatever you listen to, that's what you believe. If you listen to man, you're going to believe man. If man say COVID going to leave tomorrow, then you're going to take off your mask and you're going to believe man. So whomever you listen to, that's whom you're going to serve. So until you get your mind where it need to be, then you're going to stay in the same place that you are and you're saved. Amen. So we thank God for the word that apostle has given us because it was the word of God. And I pray that you take heed to what you hear. Don't just go home and put it aside and then call somebody else and ask them for help when you got all the help you need. Amen. God is a good God, y'all, and he alone is worthy and worthy to be praised. At this time, we're going to have our announcements. And after our announcements, we will go into communion with Brother Elijah. And then um, we're going to have to leave for a funeral um, at 2 o'clock.